All right, well, good afternoon and welcome uh, to episode nine of the Market Mortgage Update with Mike and Joe. And we're super thrilled today that we have got a special guest here with us. Uh, uh, today we have Theo Finn, who is the president of the Greater Rochester Housing Partnership. So welcome, Theo. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. And, and you know, this is... Um, a special month for it. this is Fair Housing Month. So this is um, uh, front and center for all of us in the real estate industry. Um, and I think you know just a couple you know quick stats. I, I had someone pulled together just some things that I think are important just to comment on before we really get um, you know started. I mean, this is you know this year marks the 55th anniversary uh, of the passage of the Fair. Housing Act uh, was passed, uh, you know, back in 1968, and I think a couple things to to really kind of point out, just to level set what we want to talk about today, um, is is kind of where we're at now in 2023, um, and to kind of put this into context, you know, really uh, the overall rate of homes that that were owned in the U.S. Uh, but at the end of the second quarter of 20. 22 hit 66 percent. So that's a that's a pretty you know solid stamp. But when you break it down, and you really look at you know who actually owns those homes, there is a disparity you know that exists, and and it's something that we need to recognize, and more importantly, we need to address. And just to share you know what some of those you know stats are, you know 75 percent of of those homes were were owned by white households. 45% by black households, 48% by Hispanic households. Um, so really there is a disparity there that we really need to recognize and, and, and talk through what steps can we take to, to bring those numbers up. Um, so with, with that being said, you know, um, you know, what I wanted to, to kind of talk about first is, is maybe Theo, you can share with us a little bit about your background, um, you know, how you um, got to where you're at today and uh, what are you, some of your goals for the partnership? Sure. Um, thank you. So, yeah, very happy to be here. So thank you for the invitation. Sure. Um, as I mentioned, it's kind of like staggering as I think about it. I've been working in the affordable housing and community development space for most of my career, and that's about 20 years now. Um, a lot of that in the city of Rochester, living in the city, working mostly for the city, you know, City of Rochester initiatives, um, and uh, have worked in the um, home ownership and affordable rental space, mm -hmm. and that sort of covers what we do at the housing partnership. We are a nonprofit lender, so we provide financing for affordable housing development projects, and mm -hmm. through that, we try to try to support the development of affordable rental housing okay. um, in the actually the region. And then we have for over two decades um, been a developer providing affordable homeownership housing in the city as well as in Monroe County um, in recent years. So we have been doing a lot historically in this homeownership space and and that work has been particularly relevant in you know this very tight market that we have um, and we focus that on serving buyers who maybe have traditionally not had access to those opportunities. So low and moderate income folks and lots of success with um, buyers who you know African-American um, Hispanic buyers who have not 
maybe caught up to right. some of those stats that you mentioned earlier. Um, that's great. Can you give us maybe a current example of what you guys are currently working on now? Sure. So on the in the homeownership space, we have sort of two um, ways that we do that. One is through acquisition, rehab, resale. So we have, for over 20 years, um, acquired vacant properties in city neighborhoods. We have expanded that to Monroe County on a limited basis. Um, and we work with various partners to rehab them for purchase by low and moderate income first-time home buyers. We've done over 850 homes in that period of time um, in the city through a program, program called Home Rochester and in the county through a program called Make Monroe Home. Um, and so we are aiming to bring 15 new homes onto the into the inventory in the coming year for first-time home buyers through wise. that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Most of those in the city um, with a few opportunities in Monroe County. Um, and then we have also done uh, new construction for first-time home buyers over the years, and we're really excited um, for the past year. We've been partnering with the city of Rochester, with a home builder partner, Atlas Contractors, um, LLC, who we've done a lot of work with in the past with um, the Ibero-American Development Corporation to build 24 new homes in a targeted neighborhood in the city through a program called Buy the Block and making those homes available at affordable prices for first-time home buyers. They're new construction, different models, um, and they are being sold at a set price. There's no bidding sure. you know, in the mix, um, but folks need to apply and, and can be selected to purchase those homes. So um, we're trying to make a dent, you know, in the supply side issue in that way and really serve a particular market through that work. That's fantastic. That's great. That's great. I mean, I'm going to turn this over to, to Joe in a minute, but what you talked about, you know, Theo, was obviously just, you know, the steps that you're taking not only to help, you know, buyers, but also to, to create homes, to build homes for them to purchase. Um, you know, we hear every week, you know, the inventory, particularly in the greater Rochester um, and Syracuse uh, area that, that we serve as well is that the inventory is very tight. Um, the bidding that is going on for each of these homes is just making it really, really tough. And and Joe, perhaps maybe you could kind of share a little bit of what what we're seeing here these these first few months in regards to the houses that are being listed, what they're being sold for, what they're appraising for to put that into context. Yeah. So actually, uh, interestingly enough, Rochester was. Uh, in February, tied for first uh, with Manchester, Nashua, New Hampshire as the hottest real estate market in the country. Yeah. Um, and uh, the way they what they look at is the average number of views per property, um, as well as the time on market. So on average, uh, properties in Rochester are getting 2.6 times the amount of views on Realtor.com as anywhere else in the rest of the country. And then average days on market was uh, um, 31 days, which actually is about a month less uh, than the national median. So, okay. you know, those numbers alone are enough to kind of, you know, if you're not feeling it already in the market, know that the market is, is hot and it's very competitive. So in March, um, you know, we track the average uh, over list by zip code and, and in Monroe County, um, houses were going 14 and a half percent over list mm -hmm. um, in Monroe and surrounding co surrounding counties was 13 percent. You know, that's up from the month before from February, we were around 8 percent. Uh, in Monroe and five and a half percent in Monroe and surrounding. And then in, you know, down the road in Onondaga County, you know, the homes are still going over ask. Uh, but, you know, it's you're looking at four percent and three percent over ask versus uh, where we are now. So a little bit less competition in those markets. Uh, Brighton, one, four, six, two, five zip code 
uh, was the hottest market for us in March. It's seen 38% over ask. And then West Arondicoit, interestingly enough, we did 10, 10 transactions in West Arondicoit and um, the average over ask was 32%. So a lot of times when I throw these numbers out there, we may have one or two houses in that zip code. We had 10 in that West Arondicoit zip code and still averaged 33% over ask. So that's quite mm-hmm. a big uh, a big sampling there. So again, you know, nothing, everything's kind of the same as what we've been talking about for the last nine episodes. We haven't seen much uh, reprieve, but I know there's a lot of optimism for listings coming on the market in the second half of the year. And um, yeah. hopefully that, that changes things a little bit. Yeah. You know, Theo, I mean, obviously when you were just, you know, talking about over the past, you know, what we said five or six years, 820, but uh, yeah. uh, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, in terms yeah. of with the housing, um, partnership you brought on over what? How yeah. many Eight, new homes have you brought yeah, on? Yeah, um, over a thousand probably in the in the past two decades, and about 850 of those have been acquisition, okay. rehab, resale through us. No, so when you put that into context, I mean that, I mean you're doing your part, you know, to try to bring more homes onto this marketplace. I mean we find, you know, to comment on what Joe just shared. I mean every weekend we hear about offers that are being made, you know, 15, 20 offers. And so one family got that house, but there's 19 others that didn't. So they're back into the pool again, you know, you know, continuing to look. Um, you know, as we talked about this, you know, one of the things that we all know is that buying a home is one of the, the key ways to build generational wealth. You know, Theo, maybe you could kind of share, you know, what, the vision is from your perspective to help people achieve that dream because it really is at the backbone of them being able to achieve that wealth for not only for their families, but families to come. Yeah. What are your thoughts around yeah, that? Yeah, no, that's definitely, you know, a big part of the mission of the work that, that we do in that right. space. Um, and I think, you know, for a long time, the values in Rochester were flat. So mm-hmm. while folks are building equity in their home, they weren't seeing the appreciation. What we've seen in the past few years is they've also seen the appreciation. And I think some folks have really benefited from, you know, that initial investment and being able to then move on to something bigger and, and, and actually make some money off of their home. But yeah, I think it's a very important way for, you know, to create housing stability for one thing that mm-hmm. feeds into so many other critical outcomes for families and children. Um, it helps stabilize neighborhoods and then it gives families an asset that they can build up, draw on to do things in life, and then pass on to the future and you know, hopefully improve the economic circumstances over the long term. So, um, yeah, definitely a big part of it. Right, right. You know, and when I just, again, was looking at, you know, for instance, these past few years, there's just been a significant increase in the amount of homes that have been sold to investors, you know, and that number, you know, that really was on the rise, you know, the the, the, the the past few years, um, and obviously there's there's a place for that and there's a, a need for it. But you know, what are some of the, the steps that you think we can take to maybe try to 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 shift the dial a bit, if you will, more towards giving these first time home buyers an opportunity to buy a house in this environment? Yeah. So I'm sure there are other methods than you know these couple, but um, you know we engage with different partners like lending institutions and there's a land bank in Rochester that you have an opportunity when you have a house come into your mm-hmm. back into your you know ownership right. that you can choose whether to just put that out 
to the private market and be right. bid on by investors and then you know right. maybe they win out or to really specialize in working with an organization like ours or making it available to a first time home buyer if it's appropriate you know right. an appropriate house for a first time home buyer to come into and the same with you know the land bank and other entities like that that may be able to gain ownership of properties in our city if they can prioritize that as a strategy i think that's one way um i think you know maybe there are some other ways through grant programs or added down payment assistance that can give homeowners a little bit of leverage you know over some of those investors but the numbers still seem to be a little bit crazy (laughs) but um i'm not sure that that's even proven to be that effective in this market and um, you know I think sometimes the grants themselves can be deterrents in terms of an offer being accepted because it's often perceived as another contingency or hurdle that could be you know in the mix for closing but um, certainly those things I think help give right. potential homeowners a leg up yeah you know to that point you know one of the things that we've tried to do here you know this is specific to GRB is knowing that the grant can be perceived, you know, that this is going to take additional time. It's going to prevent the transaction from um, closing. Maybe, Joe, you can kind of speak to this. You know, some of the steps that we take here to really try to vet out those um, uh, those buyers that are looking to take advantage of these, these grants and steps that we take to try to make sure it doesn't impact the timing of the closing. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we've we've been uh, one of the top utilizers of the Federal Home Loan Bank's Home Buyer Dream Program over mm-hmm. the past three years, and um, you know, we just our loan officers do a great job of vetting those borrowers out up front. Um, and you know, there's instances where if the borrower is not relying on that money to qualify, they don't need to write it into the contract because they're not they could close without it, um, so it's not a contingency of the contract. Um, and you know, that that helps to kind of help their offer win. Uh, one of the things we did recently, not so much on the grant side, but you know, we rolled out a, a fully underwritten pre-approval program, and that allows us to issue a mortgage commitment to our borrowers, uh, basically fully underwrite their file up front, issue them a mortgage commitment subject to only them finding a house um, and um, a satisfactory appraisal on that house. And you know, initially we did this for borrowers who could put 10% down, and we've actually rolled that back and opened it up to FHA borrowers, VA borrowers, USDA, Sunny May, um, those borrowers that can only put the minimum down because we want to give them the opportunity to help their offer stand out as well. Um, so that if it's in a pile of offers and the rest of them are pre qualifications, but there's a GRB uh, pre approval with mortgage commitment there, it's going to help that offer kind of rise to the top of the pile there. And you know, obviously price is always going to be important, so they have to be uh, aggressive in their offer, but it's something else to help them stand out a little bit. So thanks, Joe. So Theo, I mean, we absolutely have a lot of realtors that um, are listening to this podcast and they're probably thinking, hey, you know what, I have a buyer, I've got several buyers. Boy, I'd really like to have them learn more about could they qualify for any of these programs? How do they get enrolled? How does a buyer, a potential buyer, get started? Um, so for the for our houses, um, all of our buyers that purchase in the city of Rochester have to be approved through the city of Rochester's first-time homebuyer program. Okay. So we always tell them that's your first step. Even okay. if you don't haven't identified the house, you know, go and get approved to make sure that you will be eligible and that you're in that mix already. And through that, they can access down payment and closing cost assistance through okay. the city's first-time homebuyer program as well. In the county, we work with the Housing Council at Pathstone to do that mm-hmm. a pre-approval for us. So that's 
um, really the first step. And then the next step would be to keep an eye on those upcoming opportunities. So we have um, a website, it's homerochester.org, where our acquisition you know, our rehab to properties um, can be seen whether they're upcoming or available. Okay. You can see that there. Um, sometimes those homes are multiple listed. If uh, our community partners haven't successfully marketed them within a certain period of time, they do get multiple listed. So you would see them okay. on the multiple listing. We have a person on our team um, who sends out a weekly email to interested folks and realtors are on that list and buy individual buyers can get on that list. So, you know, if if anyone wants to be on that list, you know, reach out and we'll get you okay. on that. And that's a weekly update about what's upcoming, what's currently available, and what are the parameters in terms of income restrictions, price, et cetera. Um, and then with the new construction, this is really wonderful timing. I don't know when this will be aired, but um, we are having the first set of open houses for um, the six model homes that have been developed this coming weekend, April okay. 15th and 16th. Great um, yeah, exactly. From uh, 1 to 3 p.m. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we're trying to get the word out very broadly so that prospective buyers can come out, see the models. And then the way that it works is all of these model homes have already been matched with a buyer, but we're building another 18 of these models of different types um, right. over the next, they'll be done over the next year. And the application window for those 18 homes is going to open this week as well. And there will be a period of time to get applications in for that. So right. um, if it, this is being publicized through the city's website because it's under their Buy the Block sure. programs. If you go to the city and type in Buy the Block, all of the details and the application are there. But, you know, people should come out and check the homes out. And, you well, know, we see. need to start to subscribe to this newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Because we're talking to the agents all, all the time. And this has been so informative yeah uh, the only thing I, you know i would say is it's 15 houses a year plus right. the 18 so you know it's not like hundreds and hundreds right. they're you know right. it's not start an endless supply exactly yeah right. but we do want to certainly you know get yeah. the word out broadly so you know shift gears a bit when we were chatting before we um started the podcast is you know it's one thing you know to help somebody get in a home to help them build wealth but it's also another thing you got to be able to keep the house as well. So maybe you can kind of speak to what are some of the services you guys provide to if someone does fall on hard times to help them keep the house and, you know, to work through that. Yeah. So we don't we don't provide any of those services directly. We work with partners um, and we try to make sure that we're proactive with sharing information about our past home buyer, about these services to past home buyers. So we focus on two things. One is maintenance. Mm -hmm. You know, what should you be doing regularly to keep up the integrity of your home so that right. you don't end up with the costly repair mm -hmm. down the road? Second, if you do need to repair it, you know, hopefully you can figure out how to self-finance that or, mm -hmm. you know, tap into a line of credit or something. But if you can't, often there are some grants available, um, you know, through partner organizations or municipalities. And when we know what those are, we will share that information, you know, rehab grants or um, sometimes there are grants for, you know, remediating lead hazards, which are not an issue with our right. homes, but for folks on the, you know, open market that have homes that um, that can be a way to deal with certain issues. Um, and then the other is just foreclosure prevention because mm -hmm. over years, circumstances change and um, folks can find themselves mm -hmm. in, in a situation where they may be facing falling behind on their mortgage and 
there are many services um, available through local organizations, the Housing Council at Pathstone, Empire Justice, CCCS, I think are the main three sure. who we refer people to, to, you know, if get in early, have a conversation, figure out how you can possibly get a loan modification so that you can hold on to that asset. And um, we try to communicate that to folks. And right. I think it's important we're talking about getting people into homes so they can right. build wealth, but then they have to keep it right. and, you know, keep it as a viable, um, good opportunity. So. Right. That's great. Well, I mean, Theo, you know, I have learned uh, a ton here, uh, you know, today. And uh, I think it's one of those things that, you know, we really want to, you know, part of what we do is we have to educate, we have to inform. Um, I find that it's important that we need to continually remind people of what all those resources are. I mean, I just a quick side story. I can remember when, you know, my son bought a house in Corn Hill. You know, we've been doing this for 32 years. I was not aware until he moved in there that, that Corn Hill provides a revolving loan fund to help provide repairs if you live there. And it was, but it, so it was, I think there's a lot of these gems that are out there and resources that are available to, you know, to people that we got to continue to, you know, educate people on what's out there, particularly in this environment. Definitely. Yeah. So Joe, anything else you want to add in regards to, you know, obviously we're excited about the rollout of this pre-approval program. Um, you know, obviously we're, um, Knee, knee deep into the home buyer dream season right now, which is going very, very well. Um, and honestly, we're moving right into the spring housing market uh, as well. And I've heard it's going to be 80 on Friday. Yeah. yeah. Is there any truth to that? I've I, heard that's what the I've same. heard as well. I mean, this, <laughs> seeing the sun for the last week has been great. And yeah. Kind of shifting the mood from uh, yeah. gray to uh, sunny and bright. So. This might be the only week that, you know, we actually have GRB sunscreen. Doesn't get a lot of use, <laughs> but for this week, we might get some use out of this phone. So, all right. Well, Theo, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you so much for being here with us. Um, and uh, again, learned a lot just in our brief chat this afternoon. I really in enjoyed spending time with you. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Okay. you. All right. Pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody.